Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. Videos that are moderated by actual people. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about social trolling. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. With the new Dexcom G7, you can achieve better diabetes results without painful finger sticks. It sends your glucose numbers to your compatible phone or watch, so you can always see where you are and where you're heading. See how food and exercise affects your glucose, making it easier to spend more time in range and lower your A1C. Take control of your diabetes with the number one recommended CGM brand. It's easy to get started today at Dexcom.com. That's Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings from the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com. He was like a god walking amongst mere mortals. He had a voice that could make a wolverine purr. On VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. It is hour number three of the Greg Peterson experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. We've got a tremendous hour for you as we're going to be joined in 15 minutes by Dan Stuff. He does great work over at Action Network, taking a look at the world of UFC. We've got a nice card this weekend. I can just all fall along. It is banger after banger when it comes to UFC fights. So we're going to be talking about that with him. Try to find some winners on the card for this weekend. So we're going to have a great time there. Here at segment number one, we're going to be taking a look at the NFL. And then towards back half of the show, give you guys some MLB plays for Friday. Unfortunately, I just don't have anything for you on this college football card for Friday. We shall see if we can find a little bit of something, but that is going to be a little bit tough. I do much more with regards to the NFL than I do college, unfortunately. But that said, college basketball, I will have you guys covered there. So I will repay it down the line, but we do have a lot of baseball, and I will repay it in that way as well. But let's take a look at what we're going to be getting in terms of the Circa Millions card here for week number four as I have to make my selections. And when it comes to taking a look at just the Circa Millions card, something that I do and something that... I know that they do on the Beating the Book podcast by Gil Alexander. He does this when the lines come out every single Monday as he's there with Chris Alexander and your, or Chris Andrews, I should say. I called him Chris Alexander. My bad on that. I combine the two, which sometimes happens to us, to even the best of us. And I was thinking of Tyler Alexander of the Detroit Tigers as well. But for the Beating the Book podcast, you're able to find that wherever you get your podcast as he does a nice Thursday roundtable as well, which is now available for your downloading pleasure. But when it comes to the game that I took a look at, and it's like, 
you know what? No thanks. I am good. As the Chicago Bears and the New York Giants game. Yeah, I think that the Giants should probably be able to win this game. Yes, I sort of think that this is a field goal game. Circa Millions line, it is at three. It is exactly where it probably needs to be when it comes to a game like this. And when it comes to contests like this, well, there is no really being able to get off of the line in general. You have what you have no matter what. And, well, I want absolutely no part of Bears versus Giants, so we are good there. I just keep taking a look at the Baltimore Ravens, and I would have loved it much more if the hook was still there, but we were talking about it with Eli Hershkovich along with Albert Wynn in the previous hour. I love the way that Lamar Jackson is playing. I think that there's a good chance that the Ravens win this game straight up and don't even need the points because you've got a team that's firing all cylinders. Now, I do think that it's going to be tough to shut down this Buffalo Bills offense, and, and just something that you wish that you knew going in was whether or not the Bills just continue that first drive touchdown streak going because I think that they have scored on like each out of the last eight first drives that they've had. It's been a ridiculous run for them. They get off to a relatively hot start, and then from there, you do see them regress a little bit, but I am taking a look at the Ravens at a plus three. That'll probably be perhaps something that I take a look at in-game as well because if they the Bills score that, that first touchdown once again, then you're able to get even more value. You're able to get a little bit of a better number than the three that we are seeing right now. So that is something that I'm looking into. Something that certainly was catching my eye before, and right now it is really standing out to me, is this Vikings versus Saints game with the Saints being a two-and-a-half-point underdog. It is always fascinating to gauge these games when they are played across the bond. And you do have two great running backs in this game because with the Minnesota Vikings, Selvin Cook, when he's at his full forces, he is one of the best running backs you're going to find in all of football. And the same goes for Alvin Kamara on the other side for the New Orleans Saints. But in the New Orleans Saints injury, shall we say, the injury list for them, it is about as expansive as it can get. You've got a whole heck of a lot of injuries that this team is dealing with right now. It is a big, giant issue for them. And I mean, I was not liking the Saints before because it was looking like, oh, we're going to get Jameis Winston with a back issue. Instead, it might turn out to be Andy Dalton. And, well, I mean, Jameis Winston with a back issue versus Andy Dalton. If you have the Spider-Man gif where they're just pointing at each other like you, that's pretty much the equivalent of it. I don't think either is necessarily an upgrade or a downgrade. Either way, you're pretty much in between a rock and a hard place, and I don't want any part of either of those guys. And Kirk Cousins, as far away from prime time as it gets, as 6.30 a.m., that is certainly not prime time. And I do still think that there's some upside with the Minnesota Vikings. I think it might have been a little bit premature to say that the Vikings can dethrone the Green Bay Packers in the NFC Central, but or the NFC North, but I do think that with having all the weapons that you do around Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, you should be able to do a solid job. Irv Smith Jr., I do think, is a little bit of an underrated tight end that's waiting to bust through a relatively solid defense, whereas with the New Orleans Saints, they're able to hang their head on defense. Right now, they have no semblance of offense whatsoever. It's really tough. I know that Jarvis Landry is right now dealing with a little bit of an injury. Marcus, or Michael Thomas, he's right now dealing with quite a bit of an injury. Just have a lot of question marks with the Saints, and a team that I didn't even like to begin with. So right now, a team that's getting a little bit of a start for me, especially with this being below a three, is the Minnesota Vikings going across the pond. And then another game that I was mentioning a tad bit earlier is this Raiders versus Broncos game. I was talking about it a little bit earlier. I think that this year in the NFL, something that has been displayed by what we've seen in the first three-plus weeks is how important coaching is and 
boy, is it on display with our good friends with the Denver Broncos. There is one coach that I can recall that was actually worse than our good friend Nathaniel Hackett, and that would be Urban Meyer, who, I mean, he's not even good enough to coach at Bishop Sycamore at this point. That's just a really, really bad situation. But when it comes to the Raiders being a two-and-a-half-point favorite, I recognize that they're 0-3, but they had chances in every one of their games. It's not like they were getting blown out. I think that this is a case where the record is a little bit deceiving because I feel like the Raiders are still playing some relatively solid football. Derek Carr needs to do a better job of getting the ball to Devontae Adams, but I do think that that chemistry is going to not even come, but rebuild itself because the guys were away from each other from for quite a long time after they graduated from Fresno State. I do think that that connection is going to get going. I do think that the Raiders, they've got good value. I do think that they're going to be able to do a solid job against the Broncos team that I mean, they just looked so bad in that Sunday night football game, despite the fact that they got the job done. And for the Broncos, I mean, the defense with Nick Chubb and company is there. The offense, it is a work in progress. And this is a bunch of guys that are out there running around like they have like they're turkeys with their heads cut off, essentially. It's just no rhyme or reason. It feels like it's a case in which the players are sort of trying to coach themselves at this point. There's no leadership from Nathaniel Hackett. That is a very bad place to be, and even with the Raiders, in my opinion, taking a little bit of a step down from what you had with Basaccia and company in the interim state last season, I still think that the Raiders, they are the better run team right now. They're certainly looking a little bit more crisp, and I do think that the Raiders, they should be able to win this game, and once again, it is below that key number of a three and a half, which that appeals to me. When it comes to another game that I think is rather interesting, this Commanders versus Cowboys game, because I've just sworn off the commanders at this point. It just feels like everywhere that he's went, Carson Wentz has indeed been the issue. That leads into Jaguars versus Eagles because you've got Doug Peterson, who he returns to Philadelphia after he was fired after, and let's call it what it is, Carson Wentz essentially got him fired because Carson Wentz turned out to be no good after he had that big giant year, which he very nearly was the MVP. He winds up, Getting injured in that game against the LA Rams, lo and behold, you have Nick Foles come into the fold. Nick Foles wins the Super Bowl, and then things go downhill once Carson Wentz gets back into the fold, and it turned into a big, giant calamity. But in terms of Commanders versus Cowboys, just sheerly out of fading Carson Wentz, that is one to take a look at. I'm not completely sold on that one, but that's more of one that's, shall we say, on my radar, and this is one that just continues to be on my radar. Jacoby Brissett is a much better quarterback that I feel like a lot of people gave him credit for because Jacoby Brissett has been thrown into a wide variety of situations beginning his career with the New England Patriots. He saw some action while he was with the Colts. Just a journeyman guy, but he is a steady Eddie quarterback that is surrounded by good pieces and a good defense going up against an Atlanta Falcons team that they aren't a good defense. Marcus Mariota has been making some untimely mistakes, and the Falcons are a scrappy team. I liken them a little bit to what we saw from the Detroit Lions last year. The Lions weren't able to win games straight up, but they were able to do a good job of covering big spreads. The problem for the Falcons is this is a one-point spread. At the very least, you could get a push if this game lands one. I mean, even with how sharp the Lions are, not a lot of games land on a one. And with the Cleveland Browns, I feel very good about having the significantly better run game in this one that I will say credit where credit is due. Cordero Patterson has had a nice second act on his career after he was pretty much as a kick returner and a kick returner only after he flamed out a little bit as a wide receiver. He's become a nice running back for the Falcons, but 
I do not trust the Falcons whatsoever to be able to contain the Browns. And Jacoby Brissett, he just knows to not make the bad play, which is what the Cleveland Browns need right now. The Cleveland Browns gift him with a very good defense. They gift him with nice weapons around him, a very good ground game, and he seems to be gelling very well with his team. I am certainly taking a look at the Browns being only a one-point favorite in this spot. All you need is for them to essentially win the game. You need to avoid that number of one, but even if it lands on one at the very least, you still get the half a point on that front as well. And then just the more that I take a look at the Seattle Seahawks, the more that I am realizing that this team cannot stop a nosebleed, even with the injury to DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions. This is one that may or may not make my card. I'm right now sort of going between the Lions being a four-point favorite and the Cowboys being a three-point favorite because I think that Cooper Rush still has something to prove with Tony Pollard really coming into his own last week for the Dallas Cowboys. And I'll call it what it is. We were talking about this a little bit on the show earlier in the week prior to Monday Night Football. I feel better about the Cowboys when they give Tony Pollard the ball more and more. It feels like he's a better receiver out of the backfield. Ezekiel Elliott, he gets a little bit more run because he is currently the better pass blocker. But the Cowboys are interesting, but with the Lions, been impressed by the way that they have come out this season. So certainly of consideration there. I'm going back and forth between those two. And then you could see a little bit of a surprise scrape up as well because fading Zach Wilson as the Steelers are a three-point favorite. Something else that is catching my eye as well. And you know what else is catching my eye? A little bit of UFC action. I mean, it's just a fall of great fights in general and Dan stuff. He does great work over at the Action Network. He's going to be joining me next here on VSIN Esports Bank Network. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Zigazoo has made me zigzag. What I mean by that is I swore I would never let my kids on social media, but now I'm setting them loose on Zigazoo. Before I found Zigazoo, I believed all social media was inappropriate for kids, but I feel great about my kids being on Zigazoo. Videos are moderated by actual people before being added to the feed. Zigazoo is a space for kids to post videos they've created and to share them with other kids just like them. And since there are no comments or messaging, you don't have to worry about mean comments on your kids' videos. And you need parental consent before joining Zigazoo. Bottom line, it's a space that prioritizes data safety for kids. Oh, but don't take my word for it. Zigazoo is KidSafe COPPA certified. So weigh everything Zigazoo has to offer. Maybe you'll zigzag too. Zigazoo, a social network for kids. Download the Zigazoo app today. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my my dance, bro. Bro. <laughs> Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai, if you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network. Pocket Cash with popular picks. Join Levi's 501 Pop Culture Pools for free and answer questions for a shot at a share of $10,000 in total cash prizes. Head on over to DraftKings.com slash Levi's now to get in on the action. Levi's, buy better, wear longer. Terms and conditions and other eligibility restrictions to apply to DraftKings.com. For details, as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on Visa and Sports Bank Network. Great to be joined by Dan Stupp. He does amazing work at Action Network. Taking a look at all that we've got in the UFC. And Dan, we're going to lead it off with this. Typically, we just dive into a whole bunch of fights. We take a look to be able to honor some winners. And we're going to do that in a minute. But this is one of the most strange things I've ever seen in my life as Mark Zuckerberg and Meta bought out the event. So what was going to be a ruckus crowd is now Mark Zuckerberg and, I mean... (laughs) Like his band of minions or something like that. I mean, what do you make on this? And does this affect your handicap for the fight? Because I mean, we just really don't see anything like this where a company buys out an event. Like picture the NFL having a 50,000 seat stadium and oh, Twitter and the Twitter employees are going to be in attendance. This is just really unprecedented. Yeah, I mean, I, I've covered MMA for 17 years now, and, and we've really kind of seen everything, so <laughs> maybe this doesn't shock me as much as it should. And the UFC hasn't confirmed it, but obviously I think where there's smoke, there's fire, there, there's something going on here. But, um, you know, when, when COVID first started, um, uh, back when everything was shutting down, the UFC was putting events on. Um, they've got kind of their own little uh, arena on campus. Um, so we we saw kind of MMA with no crowds. It's not the most exciting thing to watch, especially if you're used to the big pay-per-view crowds and stuff. I don't think there was a whole lot of meaningful data we got out of from a, a betting perspective. Um, I, I think it really just kind of comes down to maybe how individual fighters deal with it. And at this point, a lot of them have dealt uh, fighting in this uh, smaller arena or fighting during COVID shutdowns. Um, but Mackenzie Dern, the, the headliner on Saturday, did mention that uh, it's tough 
for her going from the, these big pay-per-view crowds that you feed off of to like we, we were discussing earlier to Mark Zuckerberg sitting there possibly. So it's going to be a bit of a shock. I, I know fighters can block out a lot of stuff on fight night, but I just have a feeling Saturday night's going to be really bizarre. Yeah, it certainly is. And we don't see something quite like this. It gives us something to talk about and it could lend to some interesting betting angles. We shall see. But with that said, We've got, in my opinion, a relatively solid card. A lot of fights in which they don't involve massive money line favorites. This is one that I think is going to be one of the better ones of the night. John Castaneda, he's going to be taking on Daniel Santos. And with Castaneda, right around about a minus 175 up to about a minus 190 favorite. Round prop is relatively high on this one, so they're thinking that this is going to go the distance. But I think that Castaneda seems like the better fighter in this spot. I'm not sure if you disagree with this or not, but I think that Castaneda should be able to find a way to get the job done. Yeah, no, I, I think you nailed it. I, I usually, I'm big into betting kind of small underdogs. Uh, traditionally, it's been a, a slightly profitable strategy. And if you fine tune it, you can really find some value there. But this week, I'm on a, a lot of just kind of modest favorites. And, and he's one of them. Uh, like you mentioned, I think he's just kind of the, the better all-around fighter. Um, I think he's a, kind of a more technical striker. Um, and, and I think ultimately with a lot of these fights, uh, unless they're pushing late 30s, um, you know, experience really does count for a lot. You don't want too, mo too much wear and tear and mileage. Uh, but I think this is a, a good spot where experience kind of rules the day. And, and I'm willing to, to pay a little juice on it. You know, like I said, I like the small favorites, but I, I like a lot of modest or like the small underdogs, like a lot of modest favorites this week, and he's one of them. Yep, I know that you like a, quite a few small underdogs on this card as well, but this is darn near a pick em right now, the Chelsea Chandler versus Julija Solarenka fight, as you're finding this right around minus 110 to minus 115, depending upon where you shop. This is about as much of a pick em as it gets. The only thing that's juiced up is around prop, the 2.5. It has juice on the over that's a little bit north of minus 150, where do you fall on this one? Because I do think that this is going to be one of the more interesting fights on the card involving two fighters right around about the 135-pound range. Yeah, I, I think there's a lot of wild cards in this fight. It, it's not going to be the, the most technical fight, I think. Um, the, these aren't the most experienced or, or savvy fighters. Um, but one angle I really like for this fight, uh, you know, they, they really juice women's fights to go the distance or to go the over and and for good reason, they they usually do go to the decision. It's tougher to to get the stoppages in women's fights, but I think there's enough wild cards in this one. Uh, Stolyarenka, she really loves her arm bars, and and she's kind of willing to to go for them at any cost, including getting punched in the head as she's trying to wrap it up. Um, you know, her opponent uh, Chandler apparently she pushed for this to be a 140 pound catchweight fight. Uh, she was having a little trouble cutting weight. Um, you know. I know there's with women's fights that seems to be an issue. Uh, there's just kind of less room for for air to to cut the weight, but it's just never a good sign. I, I think there's uh, so many kind of wild cards and ways that this fight could end uh, quickly and abruptly, which you really don't get in women's fights that very often. I took this not to go to decision at plus 130. I know some uh, sharp betters who are on their under two and a half at plus 145. So. If you're looking for some plus money, especially in a women's fight, which can be tough to find, especially from a totals perspective, uh, I think that's a really solid play early on the card. And Dan, I know that you do like quite a few underdogs, and we'll dump, jump into that in a minute or two, but I know that there's a pair of favorites that you parlayed. I know that one of them involves one of the bigger fights of the night as Francisco 
Treed Nelato is going to be going up against Randy Brown, and Brown right around a $3 favorite right now. What did you wind up laying this one with? Because Brown, one of the bigger favorites on the card. Yeah, I think I had Brown at about minus 300, 315. Uh, I paired him with uh, a prelim fighter, Tabitha Ritchie. Uh, she's fighting Jessica Panay, which, um, you know, in her day, uh, Panay was actually a pretty solid fighter. I just feel like she's kind of checked out at this point. I, I also think it's just a, a really solid matchup for Richie. Um, and then uh, Randy Brown, I, I like him in the, this co-main event against Trinado. Um, I, I just, you know, Trinado kind of, he, he's an interesting fighter, interesting build. He's just really long in the tooth at this point. And honestly, I think, you know, barring kind of a, a wild one-shot knockout from Trinado, I think Brown just kind of methodically picks him apart and wears him down as the fight goes on. Uh, if you're looking for kind of a long-shot prop, uh, you know, 10 to 1 or better, one of the ones that I like is uh, Brown, uh, Randy Brown to win in round three. Uh, Trinado is durable. I don't think he's as durable as he used to be, but I could definitely see him hanging around for a, at least a couple rounds uh, before maybe uh, fading down the stretch. So. Getting 10 to 1 in that third inning, uh, looking at this matchup, I, I think that's a solid play, too. And with the Ricky fight that you were mentioning a little bit earlier, something else to look at as well that round prop on over 2.5, minus 270 to minus 280. <laughs> so if you think that there's going to be a stoppage, there's a little bit of plus money to be had there. But I know that you take a look at some underdogs, so let's dive into one. Brandon Allen, he's going to be going up against Christoph Jotko. This is a small underdog with Allen. He's right around about a plus 105 to a plus 110. And once again, we're seeing a lot of juice two and a half overs on this card. This one is right around minus 180 to a minus 190. But what draws you to Brendan Allen in this spot? Yeah, I, I think it's a fairly simple breakdown. I, I think, you know, they're they're fairly evenly matched. So getting plus money on either guy uh, definitely feels like the right play. But, uh, you know, Jocko's kind of a wild card. He's tough. But honestly, I think Allen is just so good and, and well-rounded. Um, the big thing is the size and power in this fight. I, I think that's going to be a, a huge factor. Um, but, you know, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, just kind of experience counts or something, but wear and tear is, is a huge kind of negative uh, for a fighter. And I think Jocko is taking a lot of wear and tear where Allen, I think he's uh, mid 20s, uh, 25, 26 around there. Um, he just doesn't have that wear and tear. And now that he's getting some experience, uh, plus the size and power, I think if you can get him at plus money, plus 100, plus 105, I know earlier in the week it was even better than that. I'm hoping maybe it bounced back a bit. But, yeah, I'm not on a whole lot of underdogs this week, but but Allen is definitely. Yep, Allen has moved around quite a bit in terms of the board, and it seems like money is coming a little bit on Jotko just a tad. But we've got the big fight here between Jan and Mackenzie Dern. Turn right around about a minus 220 to a minus 230 favorite. So one of the bigger favorites on the card. Did you do anything with regards to the main event that we're going to be seeing? Yeah, I actually bet this a, a couple weeks ago. I got Dern at uh, right around minus 200. I, I thought that it was going to swell up quite a bit more than that. Um, I, I think she's a, a little longer now, minus 230 or so. But I mean, the reason I bet her a few weeks ago was I, I just, I think over a five round fight with 25 minutes, and someone like Mackenzie Dern, who is just world-class jiu-jitsu, world-class grappler. Um, but on top of it, she's adding very competent striking skills now. Uh, her takedown skills are still a bit of a problem. But again, over 25 minutes, she's just going to have the opportunity that she needs uh, to, I think, lock on a, a fight-ending submission. Um, you know, again, I, 
she's facing a, a tough opponent and, and she's, Yan's got a, a lot of power, but uh, again, I think Dern has shown the durability, uh, competent on her feet. I think over five rounds, she finds her. I think that it's going to be a great card this weekend. Might be a very fascinating look at the crowd as well, but Dan, you always do a great job of breaking down these fights. Thank you so much for joining me. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Dan always does a terrific job breaking down the UFC. And coming up next, time to break down some MLB baseball for this Friday here on VEASAN Esports Bank Network. Hoops Peterson himself on VSN, the sports betting network. The NHL season is almost here, and our hockey experts are ready for the action. The VSN hockey season prep guide will be available soon with strategies and best bets for the season up ahead. Get in depth analysis from our hockey experts, including Andy McNeil, with predictions and Team and player breakdowns, win totals, daily betting tips, season-long trends to watch, plus three things that every new NHL butter should know. This guide is a must-have with key insights and data for both avid hockey bettors and those a little bit newer to the sport. Give yourself an edge this season and get the VSIN Hockey Season Prep Guide by becoming a VSIN Pro subscriber today at vsin.com slash subscribe as we're back here on the Greg Peterson Experience on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. Always a pleasure to be joined by Dan Stupp. We've got a nice UFC event this weekend that may or may not be attended by people not named Mark Zuckerberg, which that's a very interesting story right there. That is one which I've got no comment on, but you know what? We might be able to find betting angles from fights attended by fewer than 25 people. So that is going to be very, very interesting to say the least. And I'm just always a sucker for something that's just somewhat hilarious like this. And Dan... He has seen it all covering MMA. He does amazing work over at Action Network. So it was great to be able to get his take on the fights this weekend and try to be able to make a little bit of money. And hey, if anything else, if it's a sparse crowd on Saturday, we are used to that due to the pandemic, which I was talking about this with my producer, Jason Kahn. It's just so hard to believe that these games slash these fights, you're able to go down the list, that were without fans. That was only two years ago. It now feels like it was like an eon ago, but... I mean, that's a good thing because that means that we're used to great crowds being out and about, and we should be seeing that in the MLB this weekend as well. As we took a look at some big games towards the back half of last hour, and in the final segment, going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for MLB baseball on this Friday. But let's go to a game that I think has a great pitching matchup, and one that I think could go the way of the underdog. 919-920 on the bang board. It is the Cleveland Guardians. They're going to be playing also the Kansas City Royals. Brady Singer is going to be going for the Royals, and Aaron Zavalli goes for Cleveland. Seven is the total, so another low total on this one. And then with the Cleveland Guardians, they are between a minus 125 to a minus 130 favorite. Between plus 110 and plus 119, the number on the Kansas City Royals. And your total on this game, it is seven. And Brady Singer has been flat-out terrific for this Kansas City Royals team, especially in the second half of the season. And he's been doing it against really good competition because... The AFC, or the, I was about to call it the AFC Central, but it is the AL Central has been able to, well, not generate a lot of offense this season, but with Brady Singer and times in which he's went up against teams like the LA Dodgers, the New York Yankees, he has been tremendous on every single one of these occasions. And you take a look at his last nine starts, buck 89 ERA, 
The team is 8-1 in these starts. The Kansas City Royals in games not started by Brady Singer in this span. They have won nine games in total. So guys not named Brady Singer have been fades for the Kansas City Royals. Brady Singer, good guy to be able to bet on as he's allowing opponents hit just a 229 off of him in this span. He has been giving up fewer than a home run per nine innings overall. Five home runs given up in his last 57 innings during this span. And I do think that he's going to be able to continue against the Cleveland Guardians team that they rank in the bottom three in the big leagues in terms of home runs on a per-game basis. Now, you do have one guy, Jose Ramirez, who is your main masher, right around 120 RBI. He's been able to do a tremendous job all season long, but he's been a little bit lost in the plate from what I've been watching. He's been swinging out a lot of pitches out of the zone, so that is a little bit of an issue, but you do take a look at this team in general with the Cleveland Guardians. They're the number one team in the big leagues in fewest strikeouts on a per-at-bat basis, and they do have a pretty much quartet of guys that have been able to hit a 275 or greater. It's actually a little bit more than a quartet as they called up Will Brandon from the minor leagues. He's sitting at 333, and then you've got Andre Semenes, Oscar Gonzalez, Ramirez, who I mentioned a little bit earlier, Steven Kwan, Amit Rosario, all hitting at least a 274 for the team, and then Josh Naylor. He and Menes have been able to supply a combined 36 home runs. You've got Naylor hitting about a 255 for this team, for the Cleveland Guardians as well. What is so key is that this bullpen has been supreme all season long as since the All-Star break, they do rank number one in terms of bullpen ERA. And they've got a sub-2-3 bullpen ERA in that span. No other American League team has better than a 290 bullpen ERA since the All-Star break as you've got a pair of guys in Nick Sandlin and Trevor Steven who are supplying a sub-275 ERA on Yo De Los Santos. He got used up on Thursday, but he's got also a 3 ERA and then James Karinczak, Emmanuel Class A. They are rested. They both have a sub-2 ERA. These guys have been absolutely terrific. You do take a look at the flip side for the Kansas City Royals, and hey, the bullpen is not great. Dead last in the American League in terms of bullpen ERA. You do have two guys that you're able to rely upon, Scott Barlow along Dylan Coleman. They both have been able to supply a sub-3-3 ERA when you're getting guys like Amir Garrett, throw in there Luke Weaver, Carlos Hernandez, guys like this. They've got north of a 5 ERA. It's not been too terrific, but with Singer, he's also been able to deliver great length in the stretch as well. And for the Kansas City Royals, the young guys have come up and have been able to do a good job of moving the line. We've got a pair of guys in between about a 250 to a 256 in Bobby Witt Jr. and Salvador Perez. They've been able to combine for 42 home runs this season, and it's been beneficial for them. And then Nate Eaton has had a limited amount of at-bats. He is a good prospect for the team. Not hitting for a lot of power, but he's hitting at 270. You've had Vinny Pescantino since he's gotten off the injury list. Hit above a 333 with north of a 400 on base in that time span. You've got someone like a Michael Massey along with Hunter Dozier hitting between about a 242, 245. So the Royals offense starting to fortify itself. Once again, another team that they don't do a great job of being able to crank out the deep ball. But I do think that Brady Singer going to be able to lend a very good start in this spot. So for that reason, anything north of plus 105, I was willing to take a stab at because with Aaron Savali he's just been sort of stopping and starting stopping and starting he's already made multiple trips to the injured list now second half of the season he's been able to do a solid job but he's been sort of one of these guys that has been giving up a little bit more hard contact than normal even though his strikeout numbers are up he's been able to generate right around nine strikeouts for nine innings and if you take a look at the starts that he's made since the beginning of the month of July it's been a 340 ERAs whereas from the beginning of the year through June, he was posting up a 720 ERA. So he has been significantly better. Opponents are starting a 209 off of him, but he doesn't necessarily do a great job 
of missing a lot of barrels. So I do think that that's going to come back to bite them a little bit. I'm going to take the plus price with the Kansas City Royals. If you've been taking a look at the weather out in Cleveland, there's been a lot of rain delays. It's been just, in general, yucky, as I use a professional meteorology term there. But I do think that you're going to have some tough conditions. I think that it's going to be difficult for either team to get a lot of offense going. So I set my total a little bit south of seven. So I'm going to be taking a look at the under in this spot as well. I'll take a look at a spot in which I'm going to be taking a look at the over on 909-910 on the betting board. The Pittsburgh Pirates hit the road to face off against the St. Louis Cardinals as Captain Jack Flaherty goes for the Cardinals and Juan Oviedo is on the bump for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Tolan's game is 7.5. Pretty much across the board, you've got the St. Louis Cardinals as a $2 favorite. Between plus 170 and plus 181 is your number on Pittsburgh. And I needed north of $2 to fire in on Pittsburgh. If you're taking a look at the run line, of the St. Louis Cardinals. I was one to lay a rather decent price on it. I'm getting a plus 105. I'm going to be taking a look at that because Yon Oviedo, it's actually been halfway decent in his starts with the Pittsburgh Pirates. But if you take a look at how he got to Pittsburgh, well, he was formerly with the St. Louis Cardinals. And the, this is a Cardinals team that they're going to know exactly what he throws. We see it time and time again with these guys that they used to be with a team. They face off against that former team and, Go figure, they're able to just completely tattoo them with Yohan Oviedo. Walks have been a massive issue since he has gotten to Pittsburgh as well. as He has made five starts with the team, 305 ERA. It sounds rather decent, and the fielding independent is not too bad because he's been able to get right around 10 strikeouts per nine innings, but the walks, 14 walks in 20 and two-thirds innings, and along with that as well, he's averaging a little bit more than four innings per start, so he's not giving a lot of length, and this is a Pirates bullpen that it is in the bottom five of the big leagues in terms of ERA. Chase Young has a sub-3 ERA, but Will Crow, uh, Will Crow has not been good here down the stretch, north of a 6 ERA over the last 35 days. If that many Benuelos provide about a 4 ERA. Yohan Ramirez has not been good. Robert Stevenson, these are guys that they picked up off the stretch. Scrap heap along with Miguel Yajur, a little bit of a prospect. All these guys north of a 5 ERA. Flip side for the St. Louis Cardinals, you do have Genesis Cabrera currently out of the fold, but Ryan Elsley, a sub-2 ERA. Giovanni Gallegos right around a 3 ERA as well. Chris Stratton, ever since he came over. In that same trade for Pittsburgh, he's been able to do a solid job as well. And when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan Arenado, a combined 65 home runs this season. Brendan Donovan has been able to hit well above a 333 for this bunch as well. Then you take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates, you do have Ryan Reynolds. He's been able to supply north of 25 home runs. Think about it, 265. Brian Hayes has been able to move the line as he's hitting right around about a 245. And then you've got O'Neill Cruz, Jack Swazinski combined about 35 home runs out of these two guys as well. So I do think that we're going to have a relatively good amount of power in this game. You do have someone in Jack Flaherty with north of a 4-5 ERA this season. The command has been bad. He's been giving up right around four and a half blocks for nine innings. Backed up by the significantly better bullpen, which is why I'm willing to take a stab on the St. Louis Cardinals on the run line. But I do think that we get a higher scoring game. So I might tell a little bit north of eight, even though St. Louis is a little bit more of a pitcher-friendly ballpark. Looking at the over, I'm looking at the run line of St. Louis. And in the final segment here of the Greg Peterson experience, I'm going to give you guys my DK Nation pick for the diamond and just try to give you guys all the winners that I can find on this Friday card here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network.
Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I loved that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation blogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? My first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, Demarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my That's my game. <laughs> Hi, it's Gabby Reese, and this podcast is powered by Laird Superfood, a brand that's truly close to my heart because it was founded in my kitchen by my husband, big wave surfer Laird Hamilton. Today, Laird Superfood boasts an amazing lineup of products, all crafted with the highest quality plant-based ingredients. Think functional mushrooms, real fruits and veggies. What makes us unique? We're committed to using only real ingredients, no artificial and no natural flavors. Two of my absolute favorites are prebiotic daily greens, really great tasting, and we've added some mushrooms to support your gut even a little more. Then there's our instant latte lineup. We've got instant mocha, instant latte, chai. If you want to discover Laird Superfood, you can do it at your local retailer on Amazon or at LairdSuperfood.com. And if you put in the code GABBY2024 on our website, you'll get an exclusive 20% off your first purchase. You're experiencing Hoops Peterson himself on VSIN, the sports betting network.
The NHL season, it is almost here, but what is here is what we've all got in terms of the football season as you're able to kick off the football season with Bet Rivers Online Sportsbook. Bet Rivers is your go to sportsbook for every line boost and special. Lace them up for week four with Bet Rivers Parlay Insurance and Touchdown Insurances offered every Sunday all season long. Build a parlay of at least four legs, and if it loses, you get your stake back. That's a free bet of up to $25. Wager on any player to score the first touchdown on Sunday night football and you get your money back as a free bet if they score at any time. Head on over to BetRivers.com or download the BetRivers app as it is a whole new game. We're back here for the final segment of the Greg Peterson Experience right here on VEASAN, the Sports Banking Network. If you're listening to me live, a replay of the Greg Peterson Experience is coming your way. If you are not listening to me live, well, follow the money at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern. It is going to be coming your way with Mitch Moss and Paul Howard breaking down everything that we saw from a very, very rambunctious Thursday night football, what it all means for both teams are partaking it. Are we going to be seeing Tua back on the field anytime soon? And what's all happening with that and so much more. They always do a terrific job, and they're going to have you guys covered there. Leading up to that, we're going to try to give you guys some winners on the baseball card for this Friday. Really don't have anything in terms of college football. My apologies. College basketball is coming up in about five and a half weeks, and I will have a whole lot more in terms of the uh, shall we say, college kids on that front, but don't really have a lot in terms of college football, but we do have a lot in terms of baseball. So let's go to my DK Nation pick, and let's try to stay rather warm with these. 921-922 on the betting board. It is the Minnesota Twins. They're on the road. They're facing off against the Detroit Tigers. As we got Tyler Alexander is going to be on for the Tigers, and Joe Ryan is on the bump for Minnesota. Minnesota is between a minus 142 and minus 145 favorite, anywhere between plus 125 and plus 132 is the number on Detroit. Seven is the total, and the total is where I'm looking. I am going to be doing my write-up based on the over. Even at seven and a half, I'd be willing to take a shot on the over because even though you've got a Detroit Tigers team that they've been rough on offense throughout much of the year, they're starting to hit a little bit of a warm streak as they have scored at least four runs in five out of their last six games. And you do take a look at this Detroit Tigers offense and well, you do have quite a few guys that have been hitting below a 225. Guys like Akil Badu, Tucker Barner, Cody Clements. You're able to go down the line. It has not necessarily been so great, but Avi Baez, over the last 35 days, has been hitting well above a 300 as he throwing there. Willie Castro, Miguel Cabrera, Kerry Carpenter, Eric Haas, Riley Green, Victor Reyes. All these guys in between about a 241 to a 256-ish. And then Harold Castro, whenever he's been out there, as he's been a little bit banged up. He's been able to do a good job of being able to move the line. And then the flip side for the Minnesota Twins, not a lot of home run power out of them either. These are two of the lesser teams that you're going to find in terms of home run strength, especially with the Minnesota Twins being without Ore Polanco along with Byron Buxton. But Luis Arias is still one of the best table setters you're going to find in baseball. 315 average, 370 on base. Carlos Correa, Gio Rochelle, a pair of guys sitting north of a 280 with Correa slugging out 21 home runs. And then you got Nick Gordon, Jose Miranda, both hitting about a 270. You've been able to get some good production out of young Matt Walner. He's come up to the big leagues. He's supplied a 333 on base. And both of these bullpens throughout the season, they have been a little bit solid with the Detroit Tigers. It's been the better of the bullpens as the Minnesota Twins. And you take a look at every split, and they're pretty much league average. They're right around like 14th to 16th in terms of ERA, both in the first half and the second half of the season. In terms of home runs per nine surrendered, you're able to go down the line and when it comes to Minnesota, I do like Yohan Dern coming out of the bullpen. He's supplied a sub-2 ERA. He's able to throw 100-plus miles per hour. He has been terrific. And then on top of that, Giovanni Morin. 
He's been someone that has been able to lend multiple innings, posting up right around a three ERA. Didn't like the fact that they got rid of Jarrell Cotton, who I believe that he is now in San Francisco with the Giants, but you've been able to have Griffin Jacks be able to lend a little bit of length as well. But on the flip side for the Detroit Tigers, they're a bullpen that overall for the season is eighth in ERA. We have seen this come down a little bit recently. It's 19th ever since the beginning of the month of August, a 424 ERA. Big reason for this is that you got a Detroit Tigers rotation in general that has been all sorts of banged up. Matt Manning missed much of the campaign. Derek Skubal has been out for a very, very long time. Among the starting five they got at the beginning of the season, at least three guys have missed at least 15 starts, which that leaves you to overworking your bullpen like Jose Cicerno has still been rock solid, but that's because he started out the year on the injured list, so a little bit less usage there. Someone like a Alex Lang is now north of a 350 in terms of ERA. Jason Foley has seen his ERA rise north of four. You've been able to have Gregory Soto throughout the entirety of the season be okay, but he is starting to see his ERA creep up a little bit as well as the tremendous closer for the seam. And then when it comes to both of these starters, got someone in Tyler Alexander that just has not been too trustworthy this season because he's not able to generate a lot of walks. Only five strikeouts per nine innings now. He's been able to do a little bit of a better job recently. You take a look at his last two starts. One run surrendered against the Orioles and the Chicago White Sox, but still, he has been having his issues all season long, giving up 1.5 home runs per nine innings. Well, he gives up about two walks per nine innings as well, but when it comes to Tyler Alexander, even with this recent good stretch, three-plus runs surrendered in five out of his last eight starts. And then the flip side for Joe Ryan, he has been really bad on the road. Over his last four road starts, he has an 8.02 ERA, giving up four-plus runs in three of them. Since the All-Star break, he has really seen his ERA rise as well. First 14, or the, yep, the first 14 starts of the season, 2.99 ERA. He was looking very solid since the All-Star break. 4.52 ERA across 12 starts, giving up 1.5 home runs per nine innings. So I do think that is going to be a bit of an issue. I do think that the Minnesota Twins are going to do a solid job of being able to put bat to ball and just move the line in general. This is a pitcher-friendly ballpark in Detroit. It's starting to get a little bit cooler in the Midwest part of the country, which means that teams are going to need to rely a little bit less upon the deep ball and just getting on base in general. The Minnesota Twins are a very good team at being able to do so, which is why I do think that they have the leg up in this spot in what I think is going to be a higher scoring game. I was willing to lay up to about a minus 157 on the money line with the Minnesota Twins, and I was willing to lay a bit of a price on the run line as well. Right now at DraftKings, you're able to get a plus 125 on that run line, anywhere between plus 120 to plus 125. You're able to get on laying a run and F with the Minnesota Twins. That is where I'm going to be looking at that plus price, laying a run and F, and then with my DK Nation write-up, Going to be writing this up to take a look at the over. And then let's take a look at our lone interleague game that is going to be going down on Friday. This is 929-930 on the bang board. The San Diego Padres, they play OC Chicago White Sox. As Davis Martin is going to be going for the White Sox. And you Darvish is on the bump for the Padres. And the Padres, they are a minus $2 to a minus $2.15 favorite. And between about a plus 175 to a plus 180 is the number on the San Diego Padres. And with the Padres... I'm going to be taking a look at their run line. You're finding this anywhere between even money and minus 105. Really wouldn't want to go any further than a minus 105, but I'm willing to lay the minus 105 with Hugh Darvish. He has been rock solid at home, and he's got a home and road split in which his ERA is more than a full point better when he is at home rather than on the road. He's been able to do a good job with his command. 1.7 walks per nine innings while being able to generate a little bit over nine punch outs per nine innings as well. The home run numbers, they're down by 
a full half a home run per nine innings from last season. Last season, 1.5 home runs per nine innings. That is down to one this season. Now, if you do have a little bit of trepidation with the Padres, which that is a big reason why I take a look at this total over, it is because the bullpen, they got used quite heavily on Thursday, and they're currently without Nobel Christmas, one of their best bullpen options, someone with a sub-3 ERA that was able to fill multiple innings, so that hurts them quite a bit. You have had Josh Hader look a lot more solid recently. He has given up zero earned runs. He's given up an unearned run, but zero earned runs in each out of his last eight appearances, so that helps you out a little bit. And with the Padres, they've had a little bit of a tough time scoring at home this season as they're in the bottom four of the National League in terms of runs per game when they are at home as We've had a lot of guys being in that fold of between about a 235 to a 250-ish. Drickson, Profar, Hossam, Kim, Juan Soto, which acquired him to quite a bit better than he has thus far. Jake Cronenworth, all these guys are sort of in that fold. And when it comes to Manny Machado, he's really had to be the constant for this team. 30 home runs, hitting nearly a 300 for this bunch. You've been able to get a little bit of production out of Jose Azucar, who's been able to about a 260. But flip side for the Chicago White Sox, Davis Martin, not neither great nor terrible. Now, I will say, for Martin in a sub-3 ERA overall this season. Not getting a lot of swings and misses. So about six strikeouts per nine innings. I think that the general balls in play that he allows, that is going to hurt them. And ever since the All-Star break, you've got a Chicago White Sox team that has the best batting average in the American League. A lot of guys are able to move the line. They have been without Luis Robert for quite a bit of the second half of the season. But you saw Jose Abreu, who's been able to above a 300 along with Eloy Jimenez. Andrew Vaughn, he's saying more around a 275 and... When he's been in a White Sox uniform, you've had Elvis Andrews be able to hit about a 260 for the team as well. They rank in the bottom eight in terms of home runs on a per-game basis, but they do a good job of being able to move the line. But also with this bullpen, it's not really built to be able to help out Davis Martin. We've seen Kendall Graveman have a little bit of regression. He got used up yesterday. Liam Hendricks was used for 16 inning, or for 16 pitches, along with Jimmy Lambert throwing 19 pitches. So a lot of your trustworthy pieces got used up. So looking at the over, and I am looking at the run line of the Padres. And what we are looking at for our pro tip here in hour number three, and you're able to get these all by being a VEASAN subscriber if you go VEASAN Pro. And that is look at familiarity and motivational spots when a player slash coach is going up against their former team. That is what I'm looking at in terms of that Jaguars versus Eagles game. And what I'm taking a look at here on VEASAN is follow the money at 4 a.m. Pacific, 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Sports Betting Network. Football is here. The VEASAN team has what you need to know. Whether you're betting on futures, looking for contest strategy, or building your own power readings, VEASAN has everything you need. Get all the latest from our lineup of experts. NFL veterans, Mike Pritchard. NFL veterans, Mike Pritchard. NFL veterans, Mike Pritchard. NFL veterans. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Have you heard about the social media platform for kids? It's called Zikazoo. It's a great place where kids like me can come together to make fun videos. Videos moderated by real people who review content before it's posted to the feed. I 
love the dance challenges. <laughs> I love that it's Kids Safe COPPA certified. Uh, I don't know what that means. It means it has built-in privacy protections for your online data. Zigazoo, the world's largest social network. For kids. <laughs> Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for.